We're going to continue today, uh, week two of the Good News series. And the synopsis is behind us here. When the news of life is negative, Jesus changes the narrative. And so we are currently in what's called a hurricane season. Uh, I was born and raised in Florida, so I know all too well about hurricanes. Um, I lived through some of the the bigger ones. You have, uh, I think it was Hurricane Andrew back in 1992. That was huge. I was five. I really don't remember that one. But uh, we had Katrina, which was a big one. Um, very, uh, did a lot of damage down in Florida as well as New Orleans and uh, that area over there near Texas. Um, we know recently the Carolinas have been hit hard. And uh, so as a church, we are praying for any family members that you may have in the Carolina area. Uh, we're also seeking, slowly seeking to see how we can support what's going on over there. Um, so we, we have uh, a partnering church over there, Elevation Church, uh, located all throughout North Carolina. Um, trying to see how we can partner with them to potentially uh, send some funds at the very least. Um, so we're praying and we're asking God to guide us in that. With that being said, um, storms happen. Storms happen. Uh, storms in the Bible, the word storm, the biblical meaning of storm is to disturb. If you're taking notes, it means to disturb. Uh, the, pri the primary sense here is a rushing, a raging, or a violent agitation, uh, affliction, or adversity. And you know, we all face adversity, uh, be it relationships, or finances, illness, or the loss of a loved one. We all face adversity. And there's an old saying that goes, you're either in a storm, you're about to enter a storm, or you just came out of one. Such is life. You're, you're always, storms are cyclic in that sense. For me personally, uh, Pastor Kyron, myself, we are, we're in a good place. We, we feel like the hedges of God's protection are front, side, and back right now. Um, but it's, it's, it's come after years of storm after storm after storm, some of which I'm going to share here during this message. And so today, I want to bring a message to you entitled, Born for the Storm. Born for the Storm. You were not born for the storm. Jesus was born for your storm. You were not born for your storm. You can't endure without the strength of God. And so today we're going to read about Christ. Uh, we, we're going to spend a couple weeks, weeks with Jesus in the book of Matthew. We're going to dive into a few miracles here. It's going to be a very encouraging a few weeks as we head into uh, October. Our church will be two years old on October 16th. That's something to celebrate. And um, God is good. And, man, we got a long way to go. We're talking about 20 locations throughout the state of Maryland by 2040. That's right. We got a long way to go. But um, it's, God is good. God is good, and he's going to get the glory. Because there are people in this state, there are people in this region that need to know who Jesus is. They need to know he loves them, and there is hope. And he's still the God of miracles. He's still the God of clarity. And so today we're going to read Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. It says this. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. 
Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. I mean, Jesus is just, just chilling. Like, he's, he's good. And uh, the storm occurs. And so I want to bring three big points of encouragement to you regarding your storm and how you can respond because Jesus is with you in that storm. Number one, you may be in a storm, but don't allow the storm to get on the inside of you. You may be in a storm, but don't allow the storm to get on the inside of you. And so recently I went whitewater rafting. Any whitewater rafters in the, in the building? Cool. It was my first time. So y'all know me. I don't, well, some of y'all don't know me, but here it is. Now you know me. I don't do water that I don't know. <laughs> I don't do dogs I don't know. A lot of it has to do with my cultural context. <laughs> so if you have a dog, without stating the obvious, if you have a dog, even if it's a Yorkie, I don't know it, and I'm afraid. So anyway, all right, back to this. Whitewater, <laughs> Andy, your laugh is worth a million dollars, bro. It's amazing. All right, so whitewater rafting, uh, first time, and we went to, uh, what was it called, y'all? Uh, uh, what's the river? Harper's Ferry, sorry, yes, Harper's Ferry. And, um, man, we had this guide, and she was amazing. I mean, her jokes were great and I asked her I said do you have a YouTube page because you need one you ought to document your adventures and all that stuff but she was amazing uh, one thing she was extremely passionate about was surfing so you know when you white water raft you have what are called swells certain parts of the the river or whatever it's called uh, that, that swells and you, you have the ability to kind of surf in the raft and to me it doesn't it doesn't make sense to surf in a big rubber tube it just feels as though if you, you hit a rock it's going to pierce a hole, you're going to, all these stuff, but whatever. I didn't want to be like the party pooper. I didn't want to be Dr. Killjoy. So we went and uh, started off nice and smooth. We jumped in, Harper's, you know, the, the water, and it was nice and cool. We got back in, and we come upon this swell near, near the end of our, of our experience, and I mean, it was aggressive, and here she is, let's go into it, everyone. Turn the boat. Let's go. Turn the raft into it. We're going to surf. And so we're riding this thing. Chow's in my group, and Chow doesn't know how to swim, but it's all good. <laughs> we had on our life vest, and we're good. We're good. And the, the, the water's only like four or five feet deep, so it's all good, right? So we're going, and we're surfing, and we're riding. And, you know, before you know it, like the water begins to psh, in the face, and psh, in the face, and, psh, and it gets in the boat. And, man, here we go. We're turning over and my knee hits a rock and my finger hits a rock and they teach you when you're white water rafting you gotta you gotta keep your butt like this is how you need to be in the water because if not it increases the chances of injury and even death because you can drown in two feet of water and so the thing is is that storms are going to cause strong emotions um but we can't allow those the storm to get in too much because if, if, if we're not careful, the emotions can drown us out. The, the emotion of fear uh, can easily, in one season, in one storm, the emotion of fear can be the seed of anxiety. And, and it just drives our lives, anxiety, sadness, 
can become the seed of depression. We look good on the outside. We're, we're showing up to work and we're showing everyone on social media that life is all good and it's all great and our kids are amazing, which we know them alone, they are agents of depression. <laughs> Don't look at me funny. I'm a real preacher. I'm not going to stand up here and preach a script to you. Our kids are hard and they're tough and they need salvation and they need Jesus and they need kid demons to be casted out of them. <laughs> I'm not going to read a script to you, okay? This is real church. Anyone want a real preacher, a real pastor, a real church? Praise God. And no, I didn't call your kid a demon. So please come back next Sunday. You can't call me a demon. I'll write down my praise report. Look, they, you know where your complaints go? There's this bin next to my desk. <laughs> and it goes, sorry. All right, let me behave. All right, at any rate. So that anger can become bitterness. And so you don't want to allow a lot of it in. Proverbs 4.23 says this. The Bible instructs us to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So I'm in a storm, but uh, I don't have to allow the storm on the inside. When I think of a guard, guard your heart. The heart is, in, in Hebrew culture, it's, it's the center of your existence. It's where the thoughts and the will and your emotions are formed. And so when I think of a guard, I think of like a, a bouncer. Like you're trying to get into, I don't know, a club, a lounge, or a theme park or whatever, and you haven't paid or you're trying to sneak in, and their job is to bounce you, to get you away. And so the Bible says guard your heart because if you don't, if you just allow anything into your heart, it determines your day, your week, your months, and your years. And so guard your heart. And the thing I've learned to guard my heart with, if you're taking notes, is uh, I've learned to guard my heart with the love of God, with God's love. 1 John 4, 15 through 16 says this. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. That's amazing. God is my bouncer. And they live in God. And we know how much God loves us. And watch this. We have put our trust in his love. So I'm in a storm. But my trust is not in the power of the waves. My, my trust is not in the, in the threat of the water getting in the boat or this thing going bad or, or becoming worse. My trust is in the love of God. You, this is going to be a breakthrough message for those who are paying attention, especially those who are taking notes. So if you're sleepy, fight to wake up. Th this message is good news. This is, this, is, this is good stuff. So it says this, God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. First John 4, 18, we're going to skip a verse. Such love, watch this, has no fear. Because perfect love, here's the bouncer, expels all fear. So I'm in a storm, or I'm about to go in one, because we're going to go in storms again. But I can, I can be prepared for that storm, or I can remind myself in the storm that God's agape is operative in my life. The word agape is one word for love, and it means unconditional affection means it doesn't matter what you've done or 
what storm you, you're in, God cares for you. Here's a secondary definition of agape. God wants what's best for you. So, so because I know that God wants what's best for me, the, I, can, I can bounce the storm. The, the storm can be bounced. And it says this here, if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. If you're afraid that you're going to drown, if you're afraid you're not going to make it, if you're afraid you're going to be single for the rest of your life, if you're afraid you're going to be broke, if you're afraid you're going to be, you know, whatever, abused, taken advantage of, or lonely, whatever it is, if you're afraid, it's not because of God, it's because of your fear of, of this punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. The word perfect there means mature. So this is how this works. The way I can experience God's perfect agape is through a continual relationship with Jesus Christ. Continual. I'm just, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm serving in the church, I'm giving to the local church. I found a church, the, the, the body that Jesus died to, to build, I'm finding that house where God is, and I'm pouring my entire life into it. And as I grow in God's love, because as I grow with God and in his love, storms are going to come, but as I grow with him, it gives him a chance to prove that he's faithful. It gives him, gives him the chance to prove that he's a deliverer, to prove that he's a healer. It gives him the chance. And so I'm, I'm growing, and the more I grow in his love and the more he proves himself, the more fear is expelled. So what then becomes minimized on this side? Sadness, fear, depression, loneliness. It just minimizes as this maximizes. So, so it's, it's all about a relationship with Jesus. And so th this is how this works. I may be in a storm, but it's for my growth because God loves me. I may be in a storm, but it's for my maturity because God loves me. I may be in a storm, but I'm going to come out better because God loves me. So just begin to prepare your heart right now. Because even as I give this message, Satan's going to attempt to send a storm your way. Or, or if you're in one, he's going to ramp it up a little bit more. But just safeguard your heart. You're coming out of it. You're going to come out better. You're going to come out stronger. You're going to break that addiction. You're going to have hope. You're going to have life. You're going to dream again. You're going to have a vision again. You're going to come out of the storm because God loves you. And you don't have to allow it to get in you. You're too grown for that anyway. Too grown for that. And so Matthew 8, uh, 25 says this. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, oh, man. Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. All right, y'all, I'm going to go back to sleep. Don't you love Jesus? So much swag. Like, we try so hard. Jesus. Hey, y'all got, golly, I was dreaming. Y'all got so little faith. Come on, man. 
So, so I t- if you heard last week, I told you about how uh, Jay locked his keys in, in, our, in our car, and we don't have a spare. We actually need to invest in a spare key. And so, I mean, he came in frantic, and it was, it was borderline funny. <laughs> I should do it again. <laughs> <laughs> He's nine years old, y'all, and he came in. Oh. I need the most help I've ever needed in my life. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, man, it was. So we're like, um, it's all right, son. Just go sit down and play your tablet. And so he came, he was extremely distraught, extremely discouraged, but we just told him, it's okay, we're going to take care of it. And as a loving father, I always want to make myself available, especially when there are problems in my kids' lives. And so Jesus wakes up, and he doesn't get on their case because they don't have the faith to rebuke the storm by themselves. He says, you have little faith because I am with you in the storm. Like, I'm, I'm sleeping down in the cistern. Why are you so chaotic? What's going on? Why are you so worried? I'm with you. And so he doesn't rebuke them for that. And so point number two is, is this. You may not have control of the storm, but you have access to the one who does. And so I want to give you a couple sub points under this big point show you how you can access the presence of God. Anyone want to know how to access God's presence? The first way you can access the presence of God is through prayer. Prayer essentially is a dialogue. Prayer is not talking to God and leaving. Sometimes prayer is coming in, listening first, and and finding your answer just in the listening. Then it's talking to him. Then it's listening again. And so Psalm 18.6 says this, but in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed for my God. I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reached his ears. This was David. And I'll just tell you, there have been seasons where all Pastor Kyra and I knew to do was pray. I remember when Jay-Zio, our oldest son, he had, ep- he had epilepsy and we had him on medicines, he had taken all the tests, and had seen all the doctors, but he still kept on and kept on with the seizures. Lord, we don't know. Our resources running dry. Our parents don't know what to do. Our friends don't know what to do. Lord, we, we, we bring this child to you. We ask that you would heal him, that you would touch him. And after a 21-day uh, fasting in prayer. So sometimes you got to throw a fast on top of it. Prayer doesn't get everything. Jesus said this in Mark 9. This kind comes out through prayer and fasting. He had just casted out a demon. And so the disciples are like, why isn't this? Why are we still dealing with this? What's going on? He said, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Those are what we call the wonder twins. So we threw a 21 day uh, prayer and fast on it. And uh, right after the fast, the doctor said, we can't find any signs of epilepsy. There have been, there have been seasons where week after week after week after week, that bank account just would not turn black. It was in the red, it was in the red, and it was in the red. I remember there was a season where my license was suspended 
and your license were suspended. And the day your license got suspended, we were on the way to celebrate Memorial's Day at my mom's house. The cops pull us over because you're zooming down 436. <laughs> and I had just, you remember that? I just told you, babe, slow down. <laughs> and, and this sucker came and you turned and girl, and this has been a season where we both couldn't drive with two kids. And, and we sat on our bungalow, the front porch, and we're broke, can't drive. <sighs> all we knew to do was pray. All, all we knew to do was pray. Sickness, you got to take it in prayer because prayer brings you into the presence of God. Jesus mentioned a prayer closet. And he wasn't talking about like a literal closet. Now, if that's what you need, use a closet, but that's weird. <laughs> just go in your room and put on some worship. But he, the, the closet is a space where you can just go and you can commune with God. And let me just encourage you spouses and you future spouses. You can't change your spouse. Go to prayer. The second way you can access God's presence is through worship. Worship. And so in the, in the Bible, there's a story of this king. His name is Solomon. And uh, God gave him the, the assignment of building the temple. David wanted to build it, but he couldn't. There was too much blood on his hands. David was a great man. But he said, Solomon is going to build the temple. And so Solomon built the temple, and they, they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant. That word covenant means promise. It's this box, and we're going to do a series on it one day. It's, it's like, awesome. There's this box that represents the presence of God, and they bring it into the temple. And in order to honor the presence of God, they begin to praise and worship God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13, 14 says this, The trumpeters and singers perform together in unison to praise and to give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raise their voices and praise the Lord with these words, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud. For the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. So you know those three or four songs that we do before I preach? That's your you and God moment. Like you're in a storm. Praise God. Those songs, it's, you, you may not know the words, read the words, they're up there, learn them after we do them four or five times. That doesn't matter. Just, just close your eyes. Even if you can't get up here like some people, I know it can seem weird at first, it's going to take time, but even if you can just get right here, and we can practice this next Sunday when you come to church, and you just pray, like, Lord, I'm, I just want to give you praise, and I want to honor you. I want to lift you up. You, you've been so good. I'm in a storm right now, but you're going to get the victory. You're a good God. I'm going to come through. That's your time with God. It's a time for you to open up your heart and sing about his faithfulness. What worship does is, it, is it, it allows you to have a tangible experience with God. God can touch you during worship. I learned early in my walk with Jesus. I've been walking with Christ for 12 years. 
early in my walk that I don't care if you're looking at me or if you're looking at me, I'm going through something and I need something from God. So right now, this is me and God. This is our space. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to worship him. And I'm just going to get what I need in this moment. You may not get what you need in this moment, but I'm going to get what I need in this moment. I'm going to get it. And I'm praying for y'all's deliverance. Y'all going to get up here one day. Like you see this? Symbols and trumpets and, and the glory of the Lord fell. So we got to break through the flesh so we can actually experience freedom. The third way that you can access Jesus in your storm is through community. Do I have community or connection? Oh, I didn't write that, but I have it here. Through faith-filled community. Matthew 18, 19 through 20 says this. I also, this is Jesus, I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered, I am there among them. You can access Jesus. This is simple but extremely profound. By coming to church every Sunday. When we come to church, like, if there is at least two people there, Jesus has introduced himself. <laughs> and so I want to be there. And, and so this is the practical takeaway from this. Make it a habit of being in God's house on the weekend. We, we got to stop going through storms, yet still kind of adding God into our schedule versus making him the center of it making him the beginning. Sunday is the start of a brand new week, making him the beginning of the week. So I don't care what local church you're in, but, but get to that church on a Sunday. Jesus is there. Yes, through broken people, he's there. Um, a group, whatever church you're in, get, we have what are called light groups. Every single week, get to a light group. Get to a group. You can access the presence of God. And so this is the thing. You, you ever seen Daffy Duck? Like, he, you know, I don't know. Uh, Daffy, I'm, I'm a Daffy generation. I don't know about these cartoons. Like, he's going around there as a cloud, and he's trying to go over here, and it's raining. Like, he's trying to get away from it, but it's everywhere. This is my thing. When you're in a storm, you're in a storm. So why don't you just, okay. I'm, I'm going to take you to Jesus. I'm going to take you to church. I'm going to take you to prayer. I'm going to take you to worship. And I'm going to let Jesus have his way with you. I'm going to let you come face to face with Christ. I'm going to let you come face to face with the love of God, the hope of God, the word of God, the truth of God. When you're in a storm, you're in a storm. So just take it to Jesus. And this is my final point. Your storm is no match for your Savior. Your storm is no match for your Savior. I love it. Every, every single Tuesday as a le leadership team, we get together and we read uh, the prayer requests and the praise reports. And um, 
I know I know I look young, but I've been pastoring for a little bit. And um, you know, there's there's always something there, be it financial or uh, you know illness or sickness or relational. Like my husband has done so and so, or this is where we are finances, or my wife or kids or whatever. Um, and then that that that's always heart wrenching to see like what people are going through. But then to open them up a month, two months, three months later. And, and see the praise report of that same prayer request and, and see where the Lord has brought that husband back home or to see where uh, this person, this person's cancer is in remission or it's completely healed. Those, those praise reports let us know that Jesus is in the storm. And uh, more specifically, Ash's story. Guys, can we clap again for Ash and what God has done in his life? Like, I mean, Ash's story is, we all, we've all had miracles. We all have our story. But uh, Ash's story is truly full circle. Like, uh, he wasn't raised Christian. And, um. He had his ups and his downs, and today we see God's tangible fruit of faith and, and his full circle faithfulness. He goes from Islam to the love of Christ, so now he gets a brand new wife that loves the Lord. She loves the Lord. And so um, it's just good because the Bible says, he who findeth a wife obtains favor from the Lord. Why? Because God loves Ash. God loves you. And even when he was in the middle of his storm, Jesus was working out that plan for his life. And so I tell my husbands and my future husbands, if you have a wife, God loves you. When God gave you a wife, he made an investment into your life. He made an investment into your life. And you ought to seek to take care of her and to be a blessing to her. That was a part aside from the point, but I love my ladies. I'm trying to help y'all out here. I ain't get no amens from the women. <laughs> Woo! Woo! All right. It doesn't matter your faith, background, or your sins. It doesn't matter your bad decisions or the storm that you're currently in. Jesus is the God of your storm. Psalm 107 says this, verse 28, Lord, help. They cried in their trouble, and he saved them from distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise, everyone. God is so good. And church, let's go ahead and bow our, bow our heads. We're going to, if you are a believer in Christ, I pray that you would intercede right now for your future brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're going to give people a chance to give their hearts to Jesus. He is your Savior. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. No, no heads up. Let's pray. God is present. 
Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Well, he loves you. He died on a cross for you. Every single sin, past, present, and future has been forgiven in him. And he's waiting on you with open arms. This could be your first time coming to Christ, or maybe you're backslidden. You believe in Jesus, but you haven't been walking with him for years. So today we want to give you the opportunity to come back to the Lord. Today's a new day. You can be made new. On the count of three, I pray that you would raise that hand and come to Christ. Today is the day of salvation. One, two, three. Raise them high if that be you. If that be you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We give you all honor and all glory. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you were born for our storm. So, Lord, we give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. And, um, God, we pray that people would find refuge in you that they would find liberty and safety. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let's praise God, everyone. Amen.